0: Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we're taking a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my friend who lives on the west side and loves to tell a good story. It's Palmer. How are you today?
1: I'm great. How about you? I'm
0: very good. I'm very good. I'm happy to be here talking to you about the 1962 Best Picture nominees for the Academy Awards, and they are as follows. West Side Story, Judgment at Nuremberg, The Guns of Navarone, Fanny, and The Hustler. Palmer, what won Best Picture?
1: West Side Story.
0: West Side Story is correct. Is that something that you knew ahead of time? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty famous. Musical uh, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's, a... um, famous musical lots of dancing lots of colors based on shakespeare here's your award yeah yeah <laughs> makes a lot of sense but let's not start with that one per our usual we're going to start with the guns of navarone directed by j lee thompson written by carl foreman based on the novel by alistair mclean starring gregory peck david niven and anthony quinn nominated for best picture director adapted screenplay sound editing and music it won best special effects if you're not familiar with The Guns of Navarone. It is about a team of Allied saboteurs uh, who are assigned on an impossible mission. Infiltrate an impregnable Nazi-held island in Greece and destroy the two enormous long-range field guns that prevent the rescue of 2,000 trapped British soldiers. Uh, It's basically the Suicide Squad without the fun costumes. Um, And by that I mean the the concept I mean the concept of of Suicide Squad too, not directly the Suicide Squad. There's no like... Well,
1: they're not all criminals.
0: That's true. But I mean like... Possible mission team of allies that come together. That maybe one of them will die, maybe one of them won't. You know, that kind of thing. They're all kind
1: of like spies and extras. Any of them die? I don't think so. No, spoiler, they don't. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, your suicide squad analogy is failing horribly.
0: Yeah, oh no, but that guy gets shot. No, like the. Yeah, she doesn't die. <sighs> Fine. It's the almost Suicide Squad. Sounds good. <laughs> um, you know how I feel. Long standing, long standing. I really don't care about war movies. They don't Th- really this do isn't... anything for me. Let me finish. Gosh, no. Don't go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish. Um, I really don't care about war movies. They don't really do it for me. I like political war movies, not really battlefield war movies. I really liked this film. Uh, I thought it was super fun. The action pieces were solid. The production design was awesome when they were actually like on the go- guns and all that stuff it was really cool. I liked the the rivalry between Anthony Quinn and Gregory Peck. I thought that was a um uh I thought that was a good piece of storytelling. Uh and yeah, I kind of liked all of it. It's really long is the only thing. For the story that it's telling where it's like get a group together, go on a mission, fulfill the mission, the end. Like I was like this movie it's long for like its story simplicity, I mm-hmm. guess. Um you know like this like a hefty 10 minute of them climbing rocks, like you know, but not <laughs> not in multiple locations, just, yeah, just in that once. one location, yeah, just just, just at once. Yeah, that was-
1: that did go on for a while, and while I liked it, I was like, eh, can we maybe speed this up a bit?
0: right yeah and, and but i mean that's that's i mean besides that there really wasn't anything in the movie that i was like oh like this movie like i thought
1: it was real fu- it was real fun um yeah you know it wasn't bridge on the river Kwai but not everything can be bridge on the river Kwai i don't think it was even tr- that's a great comparison
0: and i also don't think that it was like trying to be it was not oh no so, no, no no i'm just i'm just yeah. saying like
1: as far as quality goes correct like, like on
0: the river Kwai is not really about the action or the set pieces it's really about the bridge it's like it's About the bridge, right, or the psychological Uh warfare that's happening within the camp, and this is literally just like we're on a mission. We're gonna do the mission.
1: Yeah, and this is yeah. I I would never classify this as a as a war movie. I'd classify this as a action movie that takes place during World War II. But it's it's more
0: Captain America than uh, yes yes it's yeah because it's a it's a very
1: specific mission. Um, and you know Gregory Peck is pretty good, although. I'm like, man, you know... Since uh, since uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, after after defending that guy, he went off to war. Wait, no, this
0: is well, I guess technically in the world, To Kill a Mockingbird comes first, but yeah, technically this movie came out before Mockingbird.
1: Right, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like, oh, there you go. He went off to war. Wonder what happened to Scout in them while he was off at war. He, she was at school or something,
0: you know. But you remember that Atticus is a great shot,
1: so right, don't yeah, yeah don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I really. like like david uh david Nevins. i always just really love his voice i love david like it Nevin's is voice. it <laughs> is the most proper english voice that there has ever been I like that he's the, like, there's the
0: bomb expert, and then there's the, like, everybody's got an archetype, you know, like, you're yep. the weapons expert, and you're the this, and you're the that. And I think like that they all came from, I like they all come from different backgrounds, you know, you know, one's Greek, one's British, one's American. Uh, it, it was, um, yeah, it's just real solid. Actually, when I say Captain America, it is kind of like the Howling Commandos yeah. in a way where it's like, you know, you're from France, you're from Britain, you're from America. Let's, you know, yeah, let's do this thing. Let's go on missions in World War Two. And if this movie if the Guns of Navarone was made today, it's a franchise. Like this is their first like it's like, you know, it's the Howland Commandos in the Guns of Navarone or something right. like that. Um and so and I wouldn't be upset. Like I would watch more of these guys together.
1: Yeah, uh, but you can't because they're all dead. Correct.
0: Um speaking of speaking of dead, the um the reason that Anthony Quinn doesn't like Gregory Peck, right? There's just like he blames him for the death of his family and they still work together I really had it the, the film does a very good job at giving them the sense of rivalry but of also working towards the greater good at sometimes but there's like an unbalanced quality to Quinn where you're like maybe he'll betray them and just
1: kill it Gregory Peck I don't know I think they try to do that but I don't I don't think there's ever there's ever that thought because he does have that scene with the guy uh, piloting the ship mm-hmm. where he gives us the backstory about Anthony Quinn's character and he He's like he's gonna kill me one day because he told me he was going to. He's like, well, aren't you worried he's gonna kill you now? Ah, eh, he probably hates the Nazis more. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean, but it's true though he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean like that makes sense, you know. But and then they then they have kind of, then they'll come up with a couple scenes here and there to kind of to kind of force like a tension point between them. Like oh, like so uh, during the rock climbing sequence when he kind of loses his grip and Anthony Quinn. Catches him. It's like, oh, is Anthony Quinn gonna let him go? No, because it's still halfway th- in the movie. And then there's another part where he saves Anthony Quinn. It's like, you know, does he save him? Because he's gonna end up killing him one day. Yes, he well, does.
0: Yeah, that's true. But your the your point about is he gonna let him go? It's too early in the movie. Yes and no, because like there are movies in which your your lead does get killed off, but it's not back it, then. Not, no, I. Psycho is really the first one, and it only came out two years previous to this. Yeah, one year previous to the movie even being made, right? Psycho right. came out in 1960, and Janet Leigh was quite famous and quite famously dies halfway through that movie. Not even. Um,
1: thanks. I was going to watch that movie tonight.
0: I there's absolutely a zero chance in hell that you haven't seen Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: no, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, you definitely I, have seen it. To be fair, I originally I saw the remake first.
0: Is that why you like the remake so much? Because that's the first one you saw.
1: No, I just really like I like Vince Vaughn in a serious role. I think I he's a too. good actor, he is and I fan. think like his his comedy stuff got in the way for what could have been like really good serious acting. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I'm not saying comedy isn't fu- isn't good. It's, it's fine, but he he tends to play the same kind of person comedy wise. Where I think he has more range. than he's a what dramatic g- actor than I compl- what he does. I completely
0: agree. I I'm 100 yeah. percent down for Avan and it should be it should be
1: more dramatic pieces yeah they can remake every single psycho because actually
0: they, they probably would be better than the other than the psycho sequ- the psycho sequels some yeah. of them are not terrible but like i think you've all you said you need you, like you said everything you need to say with the first
1: one <laughs> they really
0: didn't need uh, anything else
1: i don't know because there was the one because it's two or three where he's like let out and they're like you're cured now
0: I thought that was the second
1: one. It might be. I look. I watched the sequels in kind of rapid succession, okay. so I honestly don't remember which uh, which sequel is which. But I I did like how they were like he's cured and it's him kind of trying to stay cured. Mm-hmm. But besides that, you're not going to kill off Gregory Peck halfway through this movie. I'm sorry, you're just not. Like, no, I, it's, I agree. I agree. It's, it's Gregory Peck. I, uh, I agree. But th- that being said, the stories the story's good. It is you know even though there's no such place as Never uh it is it is a nice story it's well acted the the um the set pieces are nice you know there's not a huge amount of action like even the action sequences are not that long but they are nice so you're right like you do kind of feel at the end of it you're like this there's a lot of filler in this movie tons of filler
0: and it, that's not it's not to say that that's character work but the filler a lot of the times is just scenery and and that's in and, and that there's not a problem with that there are a lot of movies that are like they're just scenery like I think of um, uh, Nomadland is a great like a recent example of a lot of scenery But of that, bad movies but it But it adds like flavor or texture to the story they're telling whereas here it doesn't really add flavor or texture it's just there um, mm-hmm. and it almost feels like we spent a lot of time making this movie on an island so deal with it like, like <laughs> it's hard to get it's hard to get film equipment here, so just deal with how much we're to shoot. <laughs> we, need, we needed to uh, get our money's worth. That's right. It needed to be worth it to us, so uh, give me yeah. some fun facts on Guns of Navarone.
1: Sure, why not? Because the stars were all too old for their characters, the movie was nicknamed Elderly Gang Goes Off to War by the British press.
0: That's hilarious, <laughs> and it's funny that the ages of action stars have like, ha- have risen so much in the past 50 years from from this movie. 50 years? Yeah. 60 years? Yeah, so like 60 years um Rivens uh they've you know they've gone up so much that we we look at this in the in the 20s and go yeah that that they're normal they're normal ages <laughs> for action stars <laughs> yeah
1: for the scene where the commando scaled the nearly vertical cliff, the rock face was a painted backdrop laid on the ground, so the actors were actually climbing over the studio floor, and then the image was tilted in camera.
0: I love stuff like that. Yeah. Um, mostly because
1: it's just Batman 66.
0: <laughs> of who's them. Poppin- yeah, who's popping out of the rock this time, Robin? Yep.
1: <laughs> Gregory Peck often said he was disappointed that so many viewers had missed how anti-war this movie was intended to be. Peck was a lifelong long pacifist who strongly opposed US involvement in the Korean and Vietnam wars. He was also against joining World War II until Adolf Hitler invaded the Soviet Union.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really come across as anti-war. It doesn't glorify it, but it's also but it also doesn't do anything to dissuade you from thinking that.
1: Uh David Nevins' character for one.
0: I mean, they do say stuff that like it's it's definitely more of a war is hell like gearing yeah. towards saving Private Ryan than say um, I don't know another movie that we've watched that glorifies war that I can't that Wake Island maybe or something like or you know something like that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think that it I don't think that that message is super hard maybe because the movie's more fun and yeah the movie's kind of fun and fun movies tend not to carry like strong messages mm-hmm. there was three that was three I like that I never can count how there's three I don't know why I don't know what happens to You're my person a horrible math teacher i know mostly because i don't teach math know who else that doesn't teach math fanny yes gregory peck oh, yes, yeah because no. yeah, he's dead <laughs> um fanny directed by joshua logan written by julius j epstein based on the play by joshua logan and sr berman from the marseille trilogy by marcel Pagnol. yeah you figure out how to do all of that in a good sequence and have it make sense um starring leslie karen maurice chevalier charles <laughs> boyer and Horst burk Buchholz, uh, nominated for best picture actor for Boyer cinematography, color editing, and music. This movie won no awards. If you do not, if you're not familiar with the movie, Fanny, this is about I don't lo- blame you. <laughs> it's about, it is on Tubi <laughs> for free. So feel free to check it out. Uh, as is the guns of Navarone. Um, but it is about a love triangle between a young woman, a rich 60 something man and an aspiring sailor, set in the early 20th century of Marseille, France. Um, this movie was hella dramatic. Like, like <laughs> it was so melodramatic that maybe at the time it didn't come across that way. But like, it's like so many like someone turns, someone walks in the room and goes hello, and someone turns and the camera like zooms towards their face. And they're like, <gasps> Like it's just a lot of that, and it doesn't it doesn't start that way. It starts kind of fun and fresh, and then it slowly devolves into this like really high powered soap opera, and, and to which like you're like I'm not on board, but I still can't look away for some reason. Like like maybe because Maurice Chevalier is just kind of like doing his thing, and everyone's like, oh, know in, in, in France we we do this, and in, in France maybe we got mad. They don't have children. I don't know. <laughs> be our guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. And yeah. So, like, the the story is Fanny and um, uh, Maurice. The, Maurice love each other. These, like, two 18-ish-year-olds. You know, they love each other. Blah, blah, blah. And Maurice works for his dad, you know, he's in the, you know, his, like, his dad owns, like, a little restaurant bar thing, and, um, but he really wants to be this sailor that's going out on this, like, expert, that's going on on this scientific expedition that's leaving from Marseille Port, and so he's like, but do I love Fanny or don't love Fanny? Do I love her enough to stay or do I not? And so, like, they basically end up having sex, you know, to, like, consummate their love, and then, and she knows that he won't leave her, but she wants him to be happy and to go on this five-year voyage, you know? you Know with the Starship Enterprise, a three hour tour, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and so and so she basically lies to him and says that our night like, together means nothing, blah blah blah. And but like in all of this, there's also this old man played by Maurice Chevalier that's like, I really like Fanny, she's 18 years old, and I think I can love her. <laughs> that, like her father, that's also, right up my like, alley. Her Have her you seen Geely? G- g- yeah, right. And it's <laughs> like, and like her mom's like, That's not bad. You know, like, yeah, oh. and yeah. like, you know, what the thing is, he's a good man, like, he's not he. It, it, they try really hard to make sure that he's like not a weirdo except for the fact that they are clearly many decades apart from each other yes, and yes. He's really Brutus not... is an
1: honorable man correct
0: well he's really not interested in a sexual relationship like he's very interested in companionship. oh no he is well yeah well he's French so <laughs> but you know but at the same time like it's more companionship than like let me smack that and that's what the movie tries to get across I don't think it does a great job at trying to get it across but that was my my sense of I
1: I do like the fact that there is an actual scene in this movie where they're talking they're talking to him about because he ends up marrying Fanny because she gets pregnant naturally from the one <clears> night, night stand. To my face. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So he marries her so she can have a kid not out of wedlock in theory. Right. And they'll raise it as his own and he's like he'll have my last name and it'll be fine and I'm go- you know I'm good. That I'm not really the father, but we'll raise it as mine. And because right, uh, he
0: always wanted a son with his right. previous wife, and they didn't have any, they couldn't have any the, children. And he yep. just like always wanted to pass. I thought that scene where he always, like had the letters for the sign, like his last name, his yeah. son. and he's like, yeah, been for thirty years. Like, I thought that was really cute. Yeah,
1: like, um, but I do like how there's a scene towards the end where they're talking, where he's talking about his marriage to Fanny and how like someone asked him about about um about her and he's like he's like she's a you know she was a great wife, she loved me but not in a physical way and I never you know we he pretty much says like we've never had sex and I was like i was like weird that you're having this conversation but also like I like the fact that they threw that in there. I don't know why. Yeah, like, because,
0: because it, I, think, I think it's endearing for him as this guy who's like, like I said, he's not really after her the way that, like, everyone might assume that he's after her for, especially once they, especially, like, once she comes to him and fesses up and was like, look, I'm pregnant, blah, 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 this and this and this. Yes, I will right. marry you. And he's like, he does, in the context of the movie, he actually does the most honorable thing. He, like, protects her. He protects her honor. He like he provides for her he provides for her son even though it's not his own and like and that all continues and even though the movie like r- progresses to a point where he gets really old and all the stuff like he still just dies kind of doing the right bless you um kind of dies doing the right thing um and and so it was all fine it was just like so melodramatic that like i it couldn't was, get but, over it
1: but talking about it i i actually you know i was kind of lukewarm on. i was like hey, this is enjoyable but talking about it, I think I like it more than I thought I did.
0: Yes, that's why I said I like. I actually like liked it for all like, its I would, like high I def- melodrama. Yeah, like
1: I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's free. On I would <laughs> re- yeah, yeah, I would definitely <laughs> recommend it to people. Like it's and it's not that long of a movie. Um no, it's, no, it's it's under not. it's under 2 hours and you know it's a good it's a good clean romp that like at times like the story can get ridiculous and you know it's ridiculous but it's not like and you're just like I want to see where this goes and it was it was surprisingly it was surprisingly good given the given the storyline I think
0: yep I I agree and I kind of like the I like the setting a lot actually because like Marseille looks and feels old and so even though of this movie takes place in the 20th century they go through like good lengths to make it feel like it happens in the 19th century you know like where even like the boat that um that was, what was his name, the Maurice. crazy guy. No, I won't get to him. Um, no, the that Maurice like goes off to the, the ex on the exposition is like a giant, like, um, it's a it looks like a giant whale ship, um, or just you know, a, a giant, um, you know, wind vessel because they're like studying wind and waves. It's like it has to be right, it has to have sails, but it looks like he's like shoveling off to sea in 1850 instead of you, you know, 1950 or whenever, whenever this takes place. So, yeah, yeah, I thought that was, um, I thought that was I thought that was fun that it kind of plays old but is quote like modern for its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it was made.
1: I'm just surprised they took out all the uh, music. I wanna know what the musical is. Was this is a musical? Yeah. yeah. It the original show is a musical. Really? I yeah. don't know what that is. And they decided not to make this a musical because musicals were not popular anymore. Twist. <laughs> 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 I forgot it, I I think it was Warner. They were like Warner was like ah, we don't want this to be a musical because musicals are losing money nowadays and nobody wants to see it. And then West Side Story comes out. (laughs) Twist. Yeah. Wow. That's going to hurt. (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: you know that actually kind of explains the heightened melodrama, yeah. though, because like musicals are, you know, the, the 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 rule is you talk out your feelings when you can't talk anymore. When your feelings are so big, you sing, and when your feelings are even bigger, you dance. That's kind of the that's it. West Side Story is actually a perfect example of that. Um, and they, but sometimes they start dancing and like work their way backwards. Um, <laughs> and, but the uh, but like the heightened melodrama is very like stage musical esque and so yeah. I I would love to see that. Maybe when it comes around our area.
1: Again, probably <laughs> never. Come on, Revival of Fanny. <laughs> uh, the east side of the Port of Marseilles had not been touched in decades, making it a perfect location for a period film like this. But the west side had been rebuilt after World War II. Originally, art director Reno Mondelli got permission from the mayor to put false fronts on the new buildings. When he started drilling holes in the sidewalk for the posts that would support the facades however the townspeople objected and the mayor rescinded his permission mondelli called the 18 holes he had already made the most expensive golf course in the world wow wow i mean if
0: i were if i were them i would probably also feel that way that i'm like
1: don't don't touch this it's perfect the way that it is um but i do feel for him Critics and audiences were happily happily surprised to see Maurice Chevalier so effortlessly enact his first non-musical role, and arguably the first that did not trade on his trademark Bol- Bolvédier persona. After having been passed over by the Academy for a supporting role in Gigi, it was widely assumed that Chevalier would garner a Best Actor nod for his role as Pansy? I can't remember what his name is, so sure. Uh, it's Pansy. In Fanny. And he uh, ca- and he campaigned vigorously for the honor. It was then a shocking upset when seemingly out of nowhere, Savalier's esteemed co-star, Charles Boyer, earned the nomination instead for his moving performance as Caesar. Mm, uh, mm, I think Caesar was a better. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. like,
0: mm, was he though? <laughs> yeah. Uh.
1: As the film neared completion, arthouse cinemas began advertising screenings of the original original Films as the last chance for their fans to see them, since Warner Brothers had bought all the rights to the original films. This did little to endear the remake to critics who revered the originals.
0: Hmm. Well, okay, well there you have it. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, let's move on to *The Hustler*, directed by Robert Rosson, written by Robert Rosson and Sidney Carroll, based on the novel by Walter Tevis, starring Paul Newman, Piper Laurie, George C. Scott, and Jackie Gleason. Nominated for Best Picture, Actor. For for Newman, actress for Laurie, supporting actor for Gleason, and Scott, though he refused to be nominated. Um, direction and adapted screenplay. It won best cinematography for a black and white film and art direction for a black and white film. If you are unfamiliar with the movie Hustler, it is about an up and coming pool player played by Paul Newman, who plays a longtime champion in a single high stakes match. Um, I thought, uh, honestly, I thought it was kind of boring. But I, I hate let let you. Let me, let me finish. No, uh, too late. I I thought it was kind of boring, but I did think that the performances are really strong. Like I wasn't I wasn't invested in the story, but I was invested in the characters because the acting was really strong. Like like Paul Newman is always good, but like I thought he was kind of a revelation in this movie where he didn't feel. Sometimes Paul Newman feels stilted, just not really his acting, but the characters that he's playing just like are a little bit more. They're not really loose. Um, and I did not find that. I did not find that here with the hustle and so i quite enjoyed it from all of that that part of it but like the the gambler one last stake thing i just that 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 just doesn't do it for me why i don't know maybe it's because i'm not good at pool and i hate all of them for being good at it
1: this is like a greek tragedy like the person the person who stands in eddie's way throughout the entire movie is eddie and like anytime he's anytime he's happy anytime you know he gets what he wants he's He always he always ruins it on him, like for himself. Like he's beating he's beating Minnesota Fats and he keeps going because he wants to beat Minnesota Fats so badly that he wants to make Fats say, you know, no more. And then he ends up losing everything because of it, you know, and then he wants to get redemption. So he needs to go back and he needs to go back and hustle. So he goes back on the road to hustle so he can get money so he can play Fats again. And he, you know, he starts losing. But he he doesn't know when to quit, so he goes, steals money from the girl that he's seeing and, you know, who makes him happy, but he gets in his way with that, too, and that damages her. Like, everything that this guy touches kind of turns sour because of his single-mindedness. Of not knowing when enough is enough or when to just be happy with what he gets.
0: Wow, this this movie just rose a star in my book. Like you did a, that was a very <laughs> succinct, excellent job at explaining the movie that
1: I only half paid attention to. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I think, and, and it's not in my fun facts, but while this movie kind of goes beyond just the game of pool and you know it shows like his life and, and his connections to people uh if you just want the game of pool version of this movie uh my favorite my favorite twilight zone episode is basically just this movie in the game of pool and it's i believe it's called the game of pool it's got um it's got jack Klugman as the as the fast Eddie character kind of kind of it's it's a different character but kind of and then in the Minnesota Fats um, role is um, Winters, Ed Jonathan, Winters. John, Jonathan Winters, Jonathan Winters, yeah, yeah, he plays the Minnesota Fats style person in which, like, you know how Eddie's always calling him Fat Man, Clugman mm. does it too, and it's, like, it is my favorite, like, I love pools to begin with, but it's my favorite uh, Twilight Zone episode because it is so well acted, like, Clugman and Winters are great.
0: I want to check that out, I love a good Twilight Zone uh, episode, so. Definitely um, do,
1: yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely do And it's on Netflix I think I think I think it's still on Netflix All of the oh, Twilight Zone Who knows When I mean like
0: when, By the time this episode Comes out We cannot make that claim Like even no. the fact I mean it might be Even the fact that I, I mean, said that, Fanny's on, that, that, I said yeah. that t- Fanny's on Tubi Who knows By yeah. the time this comes out um, I have no idea
1: And as far as the acting goes I really love Paul Newman In this I love I love Jackie Gleason Because It's Jackie Gleason And it's not just like A slapstick comedy
0: Correct I know I was kind of hoping That he'd be like moon moon that white ball looks like a moon I'm gonna hit it straight but no I Um, I applaud them for holding but like
1: he you know he he presents himself really well as the character um, and there was an actual uh, there was an actual pool shark named Minnesota Fats um, but this character is not necessarily based on him
0: oh interesting okay yeah
1: there was um, there was a there was a hustler called New York Fats and then he became Minnesota Fats after this movie came out but he was kind of like this character was kind of based on somebody else but in any event i I, in george c scott who doesn't really show up until like 25 30 minutes into this movie
0: which is and it's not a long movie it's a two-hour film yeah
1: and like he doesn't have a lot to do but what he does is really good Yep, he is. He is extremely
0: effective in every scene, which goes back to my original point. Like the acting is really, really good in this movie. Yeah, I just it was not even like the stuff that you, uh, um, spoke of. You know, in, in terms of character, I think it's just like the, the the like it just being about pool. I think turned like is the thing that kind of clicked off for me. Yeah. Um. But uh, I might even give it another shot. Like I might go back and rewatch it because, like, what you you know, one day, not now, but you know, eventually, when we do this all over again, do they hold <laughs> up in twenty? 20 more years after we did this. Uh, What you could do
1: is uh, watch the sequel. There's a sequel? Yeah, done by. Uh, Goodfellas guy, who's a name I'm blanking on right now. The director. Goodfellas guy? Yeah, Martin the director. Scorsese? Yeah, Martin Scorsese. Uh, Martin Scorsese directed the sequel. The Goodfellas guy. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my head. Uh, He directed the sequel Uh, back in 86 called Color of Money. It's Paul Newman reprising his role as Fast Eddie and Tom Cruise. Wow.
0: Oh, I didn't know that Color of Money was a sequel to The Hustler. I mean, I've never yep. seen it, but I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Basically, you see... what because like the the end of this like the end of this there's there's tension between eddie and george c scott's character and he's given an ultimatum so you kind of see what happened to him after this movie from sticking to that kind of ultimatum that he's given by george c scott um and and i would say i don't know if i like his performance in color of money more than the hustler but i know like that has been one of like the bigger like the bigger like upsetting moments in academy history was when new didn't didn't win. didn't didn't win for uh, Color of Money, and I don't know if you I believe Tom Cruise might have been nominated over him, and that was one of the things. Hold on,
0: I uh, I got you Color of Money came out in 86 Yeah,
1: Tom Cruise
0: uh, No, he did win. Best actor in a leading role. Paul Newman was not present at the awards ceremony. Oh, alright, good. accepted the award on his behalf. Newman became the fourth actor after Al Pacino to be nominated twice. Oh, you know what it was? I think, character.
1: I think people were upset that Tom Cruise didn't win.
0: Oh, uh, who was not nominated
1: yeah so that might have been it because he got he got best actor or supporting he got best actor yeah okay i mean ultimately the second movie's not necessarily his movie sure
0: oh i see but they like it's really tom cruise's movie but yeah they gave it to but but they but gave because, it to paul newman because they wanted him to get a best actor award that's where it gets really political um, yeah yeah um, which yeah
1: um so and like that movie's just as good like it's a it's a forgotten Scorsese movie I think in my opinion it's always kind of forgotten because it doesn't have gangsters in it. That, that does happen yeah. cool. especially movie, in the 80s. movie that
0: doesn't include gangsters like yeah. but he didn't direct that. My favorite Scorsese movies are the ones that don't involve gangsters too that's Absolutely and
1: yeah. but this being the 80s where it was like that's what he was doing. Correct. Like nowadays it's like alright he did The Aviator he did Shutter Island you know. I love, love Shutter Island. I had to go back and I don't, watch Shutter Island because I don't, don't, cause I don't remember movie, like it's
0: my favorite of his movies that's where I that's where I land on it but anyway we we can talk Scorsese at another time Scorsese uh, at another time Uh, give me
1: some fun facts on The Hustler Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason establish a friendship on set at one point Newman got a little cocky about his newfound pool skills and challenged the much more experienced Gleason to a $50, $50 bet on a game Newman broke then it was Gleason's turn he knocked all 15 balls in and Newman never got another shot Gleason recalled the next day Newman paid him off with five thousand pennies. Wow. <laughs> what a jerk but I yeah. love that um, I yeah I will say like a, a majority of the pool playing you see in this between uh, Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason are them you know
0: I figured that it was because the way that it's shot normally you can tell when like an actor's not playing
1: the, the instrument or something right. like that They're, it's like, always conspicuously like like out Newman, of frame Paul Newman like did had never played pool and when he got cast in this part like he replaced his, his dinner table with a pool table and would play all the time to get good um they did have a they did have a technical advisor who was a world champion on set and he did do a couple of like the trickier shots Mm -hmm. and he might have done he might have done stand-ins for other people but for the most part a lot of it was gleason
0: and newman interesting that's cool
1: yeah during the filming one of the production days happened to fall on saint patrick's day prior to jackie gleason's arrival to the shoot to the shoot at the pool hall, the lighting crew took out all of the clear gels and replaced them with green ones. Upon seeing this, Gleason was so impressed, he said, boys, this looks beautiful. Take the rest of the day off. He left and production was shut down for the day. That's hilarious. <laughs>
0: Jackie Gleason's like, what a great opportunity for me to take the day off. Everyone, good job. I'll see you
1: later. The picture was shot by Eugene Shoften, who had invented an optical effects process that employed mirrors to create background. According to to the crew reports, many of the pool room shots employed this process to varying degrees. The picture was also shot in cinemascope, a widescreen process usually reserved for big epics and action pictures.
0: You know, I did notice that at the beginning of the movie because you know it does the whole big shot in cinemascope, and I was like, but it's in black and white. How unusual! That never happens. But I guess if you want, they wanted the scope of the table. Yeah, and then you know that's in 185 was not really you know because yep. 185 is going to give you the height but not the width. So, right. Th- that is cool. Very cool. Uh, I'm on board for. I'm on board for that. Um, let's talk the judgment at Nuremberg, shall we? Sure. Why not? So it was a trial um, for Nazi war criminals in Nuremberg. Oh, I'm sorry, the movie, not the actual thing. Um, directed by Stanley Kramer, written by Abby Mann and Montgomery Clift, starring Spencer Tracy. Berthway. Montgomery Clift wrote this. Yep. <laughs> I know. I had the same reaction. I know. The the
1: guy from From Here to Eternity? The guy who also plays, like, that one random witness in this movie? Montgomery Clift. I'll be damned. Yep. I wonder Um, if he just didn't stick to script and everything was ad-libbed and they were just like, writer. I I don't Actually, I
0: think he's actually uncredited, and it doesn't – and I didn't put that in my notes. But if you look it up, I'm pretty sure it says he's uncredited. Um, Anyway, starring Spencer Tracy, Burt Lancaster, Richard uh, Widmark, Matt. Maximilian Shell, Judy Garland, Montgomery Clift, and a very young William Shatner. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, nominated for Best Picture, Actor for Tracy, Supporting Actor for Cliff, Supporting Actress for Garland, Director, Cinematography for Black and White Film, and Art Direction for a Black and White Film. This movie won Best Actor for Shell and Adapted Screenplay. Shell
1: played the um, defense, defense attorney. attorney yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very sad that Colonel Klink <laughs> didn't get a nomination. You know, me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're very sad that he did not get a nomination. Um, Anyway, if you're not familiar with The Judgment at Nuremberg, the Film. It is about um, the American court in occupied Germany in 1948 that tries four Nazis who are judged for their war crimes.
1: Who are judges themselves?
0: Indeed, yes. Which I thought was you know judged be judge judge not unless you be judged, judged judge, judge 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 judge. Yep. Yeah. Um, I found. Um, I've seen there was that there already was a movie about the judgment of Nuremberg. Uh, I believe it's just called Nuremberg with Alec movie. Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yes. Yes. Yep. very good, yeah. Yeah, it was a I think, remake. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a remake of this. I did not realize. I'm pretty it. sure of it. I'd, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, so I, um, I'm not sure. But I've always been interested in, the, like, we always talk about the World War, but we never talk post-World War. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because once, they, once they're defeated, what do you do with them? And a big part of that was was um, was the trials at Nuremberg. And I thought this movie does a really good job at kind of laying the atrocities at the feet of the audience. And it uses real footage from concentration camps and all all the and 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 the like to um to really hammer home the depravity and the awfulness of the nazis which sometimes we can forget because we use them as kind of like a can we though i think so actually i think we use them as a catch-all bad guy sometimes Mm. uh in you know and like they're a good storytelling device and you know because and so like when it comes to like actual nazis and actual devastation of world war ii sometimes it the images don't always click with the term nazi you know right because mm-hmm. we we use the term nazi for other things like like grammar nazi and stuff like that yeah and tim yeah it's me um because i'm an english teacher no, not no, a not. math teacher who knows who knows what i am right now this is the future uh so so i i thought it, it did a very good job and i think that spencer tracy really like a lot of it rests on his shoulders like quite literally like you can see like the weight of what he's mm. these characters doing in this movie resting on his shoulders um and so and i i thought in some ways it's actually still sadly relevant in some of the areas some of the speeches that are given Mm -hmm. it's a good courtroom drama but there's um there's a there's a quote and it's a kind of a paraphrase but it says under a national crisis good men can saddle themselves with crimes um and you know like the like just like uh when every when everything's going to hell people will do terrible people will do terrible things and that doesn't give them the right to but people think it does uh-huh. and and that's kind of the 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 closing argument and and kind of the the sentencing speech from Spencer Tracy's judge and I just think that was it, it it's good and I think that even like the the arguments from the defense attorney are good. Like you know, like he tries his hardest yeah, so, to make Yeah,
1: go ahead. So I'm gonna jump in because the the, uh, the story I think as like look, this isn't this isn't Goebbels on trial. This isn't generals in the army on trial, this isn't Hitler, like all that's already done. Like obviously Hitler killed himself before the end of the war, but like Goebbels and all them and all like the architects of
0: Go- Goebbels. It's G-O-E-B. Not I'm
1: just R-E-B. gonna call him Goebbels. You do what you. I mean he was a terrible person. You can yeah. call him whatever you and want. Like I'm. Just, You're yeah. like I you don't call him a Gerbil, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like Goebbels and in like the higher ups, the architects, the the people who who came up with these ideas have already been sentenced and are no longer around and. Now we come to the we come to the Nuremberg trials when it's like you know the receptionist almost correct like yeah and so this this movie one of the questions it it asks of the audience is how far down how far down the spectrum do you go to hold people accountable mm-hmm. and it's a very it's a very interesting question that the movie tries to tackle because um, the judges there to interpret like in civilized society judges aren't there to make the laws judges are there to carry out enforce and interpret the laws so in this instance of some of the crimes that these judges are kind of accused of is are they are they can they be held responsible for doing what their like what their job entailed and this this movie says it does because they they get sentenced they get sentenced um as guilty but it's a it's a very interesting question it, i mean there's a great
0: actually there's a really good um um, Cross examination in the film where the defense attorney is talking to one of the witnesses, and he's like, and the guy's like, like he was like, "Did you take the oath to to National Socialism?" And he was like, "Yes, we had to. Everyone had, like, everyone had to. So, like, it was a requirement." He was like, "But you didn't," and you know, like, whatever. I can't remember the exact thing, but I just think that like the, um, like everybody, like if you wanted to work, you had to do this. If you wanted to do this, you had to do this, and and that can be. Um, you know, like we we see that on big and we see that
1: on big and small scales. Um, but um, now, it's... now that being said, Colonel Clink's character mm-hmm. should you know should get held responsible because he's a party hat. Like, he is clear, like, the four judges are kind of on different ends of the spectrum. Colonel Klink's character is, like, the party hack judge who is very, like, invested in the Nazi notion. Mm -hmm. Then you have the person who was just really spineless. Correct. And kind of regrets what he does, but he did it and so you could say well like that's that was bad too and then like the one ma- then you have the one guy who is like this was my job you know i you know i kind of regret it but i don't but i but it was my job so it it's a very it's a very philosophical question that that this movie asks and it's difficult to answer because what they what they're accused of and as far as like who they passed judgment on that led the way for other stuff to happen to them yeah they should be held accountable but at the same time Time like you know, what could yeah. they have done? Correct. And I and I, I like that the movie
0: doesn't the movie like you said, it actually tries to um, like answer those questions or at least pose those questions for the audience. I think Bert Lancaster's uh, acting in this movie was extraordinary because like he's actually not given a lot to say at any mm-hmm. particular moment. Um, but he does it all with his eyes. Like he you know like exactly what he's feeling, and when he's finally allowed to speak, like he really lets you know how. How he feels, yeah. and you can feel it from his core. It's like really, I thought it was really strong um, yeah. across the board. I watched, I, I, I made the, it's a three-hour movie, and I made the huge mistake of starting it at like ten o'clock at night mm-hmm. um, because I knew my wife had zero interest in watching a trial about the Nazis um, that was um, going to be a little too upsetting for her. Uh, so, so I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it when she goes to bed, and I just got sucked in so much that like I couldn't look. So by the time the movie was over, I was still like wired from this movie
1: um
0: this movie was also super hard to find um, and that should be that should be said um it's really not good time (laughs) yeah yeah good luck um but if you can find it do watch it if you are if you're interested in history or moral or philosophical questions about about laws in government and or if you don't have three hours
1: you can watch the one and a half hour version that was that was a live tv (laughs) event which also has the same defense attorney oh really i did not know that well there you go there you have it. So, uh, I'm going to save that one for last because that is one of my new favorite games to play. Uh, So we're going to start with uh, this one. Marlene Dietrich had a great deal of trouble performing in the scene between Ms. Berholt and Judge Hayward when she claims German civilians did not know of the atrocities the Nazi government committed during the war. Dietrich, who during the war had worked for the Allies against the Nazis, found the sentiment so repulsive that she could not keep her concentration only after counseling by Spencer Tracy was she able to complete the scene. According to an interview with her grandson Peter Riva on the Icons radio hour, Dietrich would get physically ill to the point of vomiting in the evenings over this part. In a conversation with her daughter Maria Riva, Maria told her to simply play her mother. The fictional Mrs. Berthold is a representation of the mother of Marlene Dietrich. Yeesh, yeesh. I said fun facts. <laughs> According to Stanley Kramer, a young young New York stage actor in a small part held up production at one point. He was trying to understand his motivation in a brief shot which called for him to enter a room, cross to a table and wait for Spencer Tracy to hand him a folder. Enter To enter and hand him a folder. At 10.15 a.m. after sitting in his dressing room since 9 a.m. waiting to make his entrance, Tracy stormed onto the set and said, look it. You come in the effing door, cross the effing room, go to the effing table because it's the only way to get to into the effing room. That's your motivation.
0: I love
1: Spencer Tracy
0: so much. <laughs> so much do I love him. Oh my uh, gosh.
1: <laughs> and in one of my and in my new favorite game of, of What If, Marlon Brando wanted to play the role of Hans Rolf, the German lawyer who defends the German judges. Brando, in a rare attempt to garner the part, actually approached director Stanley Kramer about it. Although Kramer and screenwriter Abby Mann were very intrigued with the idea of having an actor of brando's talent and stature in the role both were so impressed by maximilian Schell's portrayal of the same part in the original television broadcast judgment at nuremberg that they had decided to stick with the relatively unknown shell who later won an oscar for the best for the best acting role i love any sort of any sort of alternate timeline in which marlon brando wanted a part <laughs> Because I want to see Marlon Brando now in that part to see if he's still as as uh, disagreeable. Yep, like because that could if... have been
0: uh, Spencer Tracy
1: yelling or Marlon Brando <laughs> yelling at somebody instead of Spencer Tracy or something. So I know I'm I know I'm playing the German defense attorney. What if I did it with a Jamaican accent?
0: No, Marlon. No. <laughs> but he. What if I did it with a South American accent? Because you know the Nazis went there afterwards. Like no,
1: Marlon. <laughs> so I. don't think i've ever actually ever said this on the podcast one of my favorite marlon brando stories and i i only remember like i don't even know why i i came across this but like one of his last movies was called the score and it's marlon brando robert um robert de niro uh ed thornton ed norton Mm -hmm. and somebody else and brando plays like like an old like it's a it's about a heist thing and i think brando plays like the the old heist guy that sets everybody up, and... And I think it was Thornton Who was on, uh, Norton rather Who was on um, a late night Talk show, and they were asking him about You know, what was it like working with Marlon Brando And this and that, you know, we heard he can be very Difficult and this, and he's like Oh, you know, I I always Idolized him, you know, I'm a method actor Just like he is, and this and that And he's like, but, you know He was was trying to do something That wasn't in the script, or he wanted To play stuff a different way And the director was getting, the director was like, no, you know, you got to do it like this or because you have to do it because of this. And he's like, Marlon Brando told him, he's like, look, you got to give me room to swing a cat. (laughs)
0: and see the thing about brando is that you don't know if that's a metaphor or not. Like,
1: you don't know <laughs> if he really wants to like swing a cat in the in the scene by the tail like that's the one
0: thing missing from the godfather <laughs> you know when the cat jumps on him he's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one thing that is him swinging <laughs> around his head oh my god uh,
1: oh man
0: marlin 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 uh that was three on judgment <laughs> that, right that was three that was three okay so the best picture winner west side story directed by by Jerome Robbins and Robert Wise written by Ernest Lehman based on the book by Arthur Lawrence on the play conceived by Jerome Robbins with music by Stephen Sondheim Sondheim, based on the play Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare starring Natalie Wood George Shakiris Richard Bamer, Russ Tamberlin and Rita Moreno nominated for Adapted Screenplay this movie won Best Picture Best Supporting Actor for Shakiris Supporting Actress for Moreno Director which was shared uh, for the first time between Roberts and Wise. I should share for the first time as in the first time the Academy split uh, an Academy Award for, between and, two directors.
1: And the only time since when? The only time since the Coen brothers? Correct. Yes, that's correct. Yep. So yeah. from that to the Coen brothers.
0: Yeah, I, they, they, truthfully, the Coen brothers were the only like duo, like directing duo that I... Like, right, I figured I, like, it was an like, easy question, but yeah. Worth worth giving an award to, but uh, anyway, uh, also won Best Cinematography, Color, uh, Cinematography for a Colored Film, Art Direction for a Film in Color, Costume for a Film in Color, Sound, Editing, and Music. If you are unfamiliar with the plot of West Side Story, or Romeo and Juliet for that matter, it is about two youngsters from rival New York City gangs who fall in love, but tensions between their respective friends build toward tragedy. Um, I have never seen West Side Story, um, though I you know, you see like clips of it here and there it always the West Side Story is one of those movies that always pops up on the um, you know, movies you should see or We're very proud we right. made this movie, so here's a clip of it. Um, one of those but I was um... But I had, I had never seen it, but I was very, very familiar with the music, um, having, you know, done a few for different cabarets or, you know, listened to the soundtrack or whatever. And so I wasn't really sure what to expect from the film um, because um, it's never been super one of my favorites. Like, um, mm-hmm. um, but uh, um, but I loved I loved the movie. I thought it was great. Um, I thought as far as musicals that we've watched for Academy Rewind are concerned, mm-hmm. it's, it's like really... Really expertly filmed, like because it, like it really gives the camera gives the space for the actors and more importantly like the triple threat performers to really do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's great. And I I loved the use of color in the film. There's this thing like different colors and different you know different parts of movies have different thematic attachments, and this is what was called would be called a red film for its use of red for passion, for blood and tragedy and love, and it kind of ties those things together. And I thought that worked really well, considering the content of the um, character. Cons- considering the content of the character and the story, and uh, and I just thought to myself, who is crazy enough in Hollywood to remake this movie? Truly, like why? Like it, it seems. Well, you already like... knew that answer. I did. Steven Spielberg, what a crazy, crazy who's man. been
1: wanting to redo it for a while.
0: I know. And actually, after watching this movie, I was like, I can see why he wanted to remake it yeah, in some way cause... because there's a lot in it that feels Spielbergian. Yeah. In like... Like if I
1: was Steven Spielberg watching this movie, I'd be like, "What if I remade this, but it was good?"
0: Oh, you didn't care for it?
1: I've never really cared for it. Like I, I've, I've tried watching it several times. So I was like, "Well, this is the time I'm going to actually have to bite the bullet and and get through it." Like I love Romeo and Juliet. I love I musicals. Know, I know you do. Yeah. yeah, I love musicals. Like you would think Romeo and Juliet the musical would be really good, and it's, it is. Look at Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> it's not really musical, but I no, get where but, you're going. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but- and I don't. I honestly don't know why.
0: Like, I have I two words for you. I know exactly why. Steven Sondheim. He is a. You either. You either yeah. love him or tolerate him. And and I think you have to be like I, we we talked about this one because I came in to see you while you were watching it. Um, at the very beginning of the movie, and I was listening to a song, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so Sondheim. It's a yeah. very particular style where it's always off temp It's like usually off tempo, or it's a really strange tempo where, like, a regular normal song, you get things like. Like four four three four two four six eight, you know something like that. But Sondheim is always like a seven thirteen
1: twenty eight seven. This, this and now, like, Stephen, those
0: aren't real tempos. And he's like they are to me.
1: Is is Sondheim the lyricist or the musician? The musician. Okay,
0: and so usually the I I don't know if he's actually um, also the lyricist. That's a great question
1: because this was like that because because it, it was the like Sondheim has done stuff on his own, but this is back when he was with this duo friend there.
0: Um. Well, so this. Uh, in West Side Story, he's the lyricist. And the music is Leonard Bernstein.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because I I know, like, Bernstein and Sondheim were kind of, uh, were kind of like, uh, a duo for a bit. And then Sondheim went off and did his own stuff. So, yeah, so, like, like, I could just see, like, Bernstein being like, all right, here's your tune. Go at it with the lyrics, Sondheim. And he was like, here's the 20 pages for that two-minute song. That is correct. (laughs) You know, because
0: there's just a lot of words, and there's a, the way, there's a very particular style to perform sondheim's words uh, his lyrics you know like in, it's a it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of pit-a-patter and you're like uh, you know it's a lot of recessative and so you're like yeah <speaking <voice> <speaking> it goes, it's always doing this kind of thing I,
1: yeah and- I will say you're not I don't think you're a hundred percent wrong because Thank there you. are there are Sondheim stuff in that I'm not too like I don't love Love sweeney todd mm-hmm. like i like the story i don't love the music i don't i didn't really like um into, into the, woods. the woods yep those are arguably um, his two most famous
0: like outside of um like like i'm super into musical circles like those right. are like his mo- most um, maybe accessible shows
1: but i will say like like while i don't love all the songs in this there are definitely songs that i that i like like i feel pretty america um mm-hmm. uh, Tonight, yep, those are great songs. Uh, All you of know, those, are those you know, songs. those are really good songs, and you know, they've kind of they you know they kind of lived on past the musical. You know, they, they were on Glee. They usually they usually show up in any time someone's doing like a Broadway mm-hmm. a, a Broadway th- a melody thing. Correct. Somewhere
0: um, I think is another one of those songs. Somewhere, kind of,
1: yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, um, yeah, But then there's like when you're when you're a shark, you're a shark for life, or when you're a jet you're a jet for life. I, I can't remember which one it is. uh Officer Krupke like. There are a couple songs that I'm like, yeah, these are these are fine, but I I don't like I don't know like. I... I get that they're trying to modernize the story mm-hmm. to make it a little bit more set in the real world, and you have the you have the racial aspect of it. But I I I think it just kind of muddles the I don't know. There's just something off about it that it's maybe maybe I'll like the maybe I'll like the more modern version that Steven Spielberg's doing. I don't is know. It, is he
0: doing a modern version or is it just a remake? Like I'm not sure if he's like. No, it's a, it's a remake. I don't. So it might be set, he's not setting it in. The, the twenties
1: like I don't believe so. The twenty twenties, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I don't believe yeah. so. Um so we'll see. Um you know, while while everything looks good, like the, the costumes are really good, you know, they had to really like work on those jeans to, to make them pliable enough for the dancing. They sure did. They um, sure went through the wash a lot, Bob. Yeah. yeah. Um and then and like the the sceneries, the the set pieces, the art direction are all really good in this movie. But I just just something about it just never clicks for me. And maybe it's just a movie that I think shows its age when you're watching it.
0: It does a little. Like, you definitely can tell that, like, oh, you're not actually, you're not actually where you say you're from. You're wearing makeup. Yeah. Or you're, the dub is not exactly, is not exactly in sync the way that it should be. Like, the sound quality for here, you know, like, what, even, actually, sometimes the the way that colors are shot in in movies that are a bit older, like, you can, like, the the vividness of the
1: color is can be um, mm-hmm. can show its age. Yeah. So,
0: uh, yeah, and, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: And, you know, you said you talked about like, oh, you're wearing makeup and this and that. Like Rita Moreno having to wear makeup, even though she's actually Puerto Rican. Correct. Yeah. Well, because they didn't think she looked dark enough. She wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of that is like
0: some of that you just is them trying to contrast between the sharks and the jets. Like they're trying to like make yeah. a very visual, stark visual difference. But yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah,
1: The stage version was originally planned As a story about a Catholic boy Falling in love with a Jewish girl The working title was East Side Story After a boom of Puerto Rican immigration To New York in the late 40s and 50s The story was changed And the show opened on Broadway in 1957 As West Side Story The working title East Side Story Was later used as a title to Mexican-American rapper Kid Frost's Second album in 1992 With the placement of East Side Story Title reminiscent of the West Side Story movie posters east
0: side story sounds like the whitest of white things it really does put, like yep. oh my gosh Yep. oh my
1: gosh kind of want to still see that version of it but still like east side <laughs> story not a great thing jerome robbins initially refused to work on the film unless he could direct it producer walter merchant was nervous about handing the reins entirely over to robbins who had never made a film before so he enlisted star trek director robert wise to direct the drama while robbins would handle the singing and dancing sequences Robbins developed a habit of shooting numerous take of each scene to the point where the film went over budget and behind schedule. This led to his firing. But he won an award for it, yep. so it's okay. And again, back to my favorites, back to my favorite game. Rita Moreno stated that her line readings of Don't You Touch Me after the Jets attack Anita was her imitating Marlon Brando, her then boyfriend. Marlon Brando noticed this at the film's premiere, and I want Marlon Brando as a shark or a jet.
0: I love that Marlon. Brando noticed it That's <laughs> my favorite part About that fact Oh man Those were good facts All right, Yep look, Before we uh, Before we go into um, Before we go into Anything I would like to Do two games One uh, the People can find us At academy rewind gmail And
1: twitter and That's Facebook. not a game Shut um, up
0: I tricked them Into <laughs> staying on uh, <laughs> I um, And now I lost My thread you really <laughs> I win Thoughtbubbleaudio.com Patreon.com Thoughtbubbleaudio To support us Um Um, rate and review us. iTunes, all places, podcasts can be found. The game, what came out in 1961 that could have been nominated otherwise. Though I actually do think that all of these movies, maybe Fanny, um, could could have taken the boot. So here we go. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. What? I know. Get out of here, West
1: Side Story.
0: Isn't that wild? Breakfast at Tiffany's didn't get nominated. Um, The Absent-Minded Professor. The Original Parent Trap. The Misfits. Um, 101 Dalmatians. That's yeah, about dogs. Vincent Price's The Pit what? in Pendulum. Um, I... g- no. Uh, Gorgo, Babes in Toyland. Um, Snow White and the Three Stooges. I know. We're really, like, stretching here. The Curse of the Werewolf. Raisin in the Sun. Oh, no, that's good. That was actually quite good. Um, Wild in the Country. The Komen- uh The Comentiros. Mothra. Aww. Yeah. I'm really... There's really nothing. Great yep. choices all around. Yep. Uh,
1: no. Breakfast at um, and kick out. Fanny Fanny
0: Yeah you'd kick out Fanny I know Even though after our discussion We were like You know it's actually better Than, than we would say Which is part of the fun of the show But maybe, yeah it's probably maybe Fanny Guns of Navarone Nah I like that too much It was too good of a movie Um, But mm, Well Nah I wouldn't kick it out Anyway so,
1: yeah, I mean obviously I would lose Like Just personal taste I would kick out uh, West Side Story But I get its nominations So that's fine So I would go with Either Fanny or Guns of Navarone Because I would argue like you could still nominate Guns of Navarone for the acting and other pieces that I think are really good in it but, but not maybe not necessarily as a best picture. picture
0: yeah yeah that's a good point all right well anyway let's do the 1962 rewindies of course we're going to go from supporting actor all the way to best picture we can only use the 5 films that were nominated for best picture this year too late um, i'm using
1: breakfast at tiffany's for everything
0: too bad starting Right-ins, with... baby no starting with supporting <laughs> starting with supporting actor i'm going to give to Maurice Chevalier for Fanny because of the story you told me in the fun fact because I think it was somebody else originally and I've already forgotten but as soon as you said it, like he got, <laughs> he got he got he uh, got pushed over I was like absolutely not not Maurice Chevalier <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I'm going to give it to uh, Jackie Gleason for the hustler that's a good choice I, I fully support that
0: uh, supporting actress I'm going to give to uh, Rita Moreno for West Side story
1: um supporting actress yeah I am going to give it to Judy Garland for judgment and Sure. Yeah,
0: she was real good. I mean, it was just that one scene, but yeah. she was excellent. Um, a production design I'm going to give to West Side Story.
1: Yeah, West Side Story. Uh,
0: costume design and will also give
1: to West Side yep. Story. West Side Story. Makeup and
0: hairstyling to West Side Story? Question mark.
1: Mm, I'm going to give it to Fanny. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Fanny because I just don't like the idea of Rita Moreno having to wear Me makeup either, for. West...
0: But like, it's all tied together with the costumes and stuff. So whatever. I'm just going to keep it. Um, best music I give to West. West Side Story.
1: I mean, sure, yeah, yeah.
0: Although I will say, the Guns of Navarone soundtrack, excellent. Yeah, like I, re- I really dug the score. Um, cinematography. uh no, sorry, visual effects. I give to Guns of Navarone.
1: Uh, Guns of Navarone. Yes.
0: The cinematography. I give to West Side Story.
1: Uh I would actually
0: give it to the hustler, hustler. yeah yes. so yeah it was a good choice too um which i mean it did win uh cinematography yeah so yeah it's uh, that's a great choice um best editing i give to west side story yeah west side story um best sound i'm gonna give to the guns of navarone because i think that the sound in west side story which was actually my original one it, it does show its age
1: yeah guns of navarone yeah
0: uh best actor i give to paul newman for the hustler
1: you are correct there sir
0: i know i am um so I you did two great. Yes. A best actress, I'm going to give to Piper Laurie for The Hustler. <sighs>
1: Uh, I am going to give it to Maria from West Side Story.
0: Okay, good call. Um, best writing, I'm going to give to Judgment at Nuremberg. Uh,
1: I'm going to give to The Hustler.
0: Yeah, you know, I, after our discussion, I was like, ooh, yeah, it might actually be that, because it's really good. I just, I didn't get that in my first roll-around, so I'm going to yeah. stick with my, I'll stick with my original. Best director, I'm going to give to the duo of Robbins and Wise for West Side Story.
1: <laughs> Robbins and Wise, attorneys at law. <laughs> at law. <laughs> uh, I will give give it to Stanley Kramer for Judgment at Nuremberg. Cool. Yeah, good.
0: Um, tackle tough material. Good job. And Best Picture I Give to West Side Story.
1: Best Picture I Give to The Hustler.
0: I think that's a solid choice. I think everybody wins in this in this round. Because it, yeah. it also won Best Picture for black and white film. Did you know that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it what? It's funny that they have like black and white winners for everything, but by the time you get to Best Picture, they're like, no. You have to be no. in the other one. So strange. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, now uh, up next is 19 19- 52, here are the movies. An American in Paris. Quo Vadis. Decision Before Dawn. A Streetcar Named Desire. So there'll be plenty of Marlon Brando stories to go Sweet. around. And A Place in the Sun. Those movies will be for 1952. Uh, Palmer, it's been a pleasure as always, which is uh, fine by me because they're playing us off.
1: No, I have some more people to thank. Not too bad. Bye. Bye. Bye.